By now, you've probably heard all about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. You might even already be investing in them. But did you know that you could invest in cryptocurrencies through your retirement account? That's right. With iTrust Capital, you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies from a crypto IRA and get all the same tax advantages as a traditional IRA. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. The iTrust Capital platform is easy easy to use and only takes a few minutes to create your account. Setting up an IRA is free and iTrust fees are low. It's time to start taking control of your financial future. With iTrust Capital, you can get all the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit itrustcapital.com to start investing today. That's itrustcapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Inc. does not provide legal investment or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Well, hey, praise the Lord. I'm Pastor Michael Jakes, and welcome once again to the Sunday Sermon Series. And we're here with a word for your heart and for your soul. We pray that all is well, as always, between you and the Lord. Uh, we come to you with the word of God. Amen. We are streaming right now live over Facebook, YouTube, and Spreaker.com. Amen. Today, we are continuing in our series that we begun last week, talking about Lessons from the parables, amen, lessons from the parables, and these are very familiar parables, uh, but even in their familiarity, uh, there is much, there is much, so much that we can glean from them uh, for our lives, so we pray once again uh, that you will plan to stay with us for a little bit uh, as we once again open up one of the parables from the book of Luke. Amen. We are, that's the word ministries. We are a ministry dedicated to the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do preach the message of the cross, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. Uh, we pray also that you will take time out to go to our website, which is that's the word.org. You can leave us your contact information. That is your email address. And we will send you our latest uh, a newsletter letting you know what we're doing here in the ministry. Uh, also, you can go to our YouTube channel, which is also that's the word ministries. And by going there, uh, hopefully, if you have not done so already, you can become a subscriber to our channel. Amen. So once again, we just uh, praise him and honor him for all that he is doing. Amen. We're going to get underway uh, with the word of prayer and the word of God right after this. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. We are back. Amen. Uh, God bless you, my brother Craig and my sister Debbie. Uh, yes, uh, we do have our new book, which is uh, coming out uh, in just a few weeks. Uh, first week in January, in, in January, uh, first week in August. So we pray that you will be able to uh, be blessed by it. Amen. So we just bless Lord and thank him uh, for all that he is doing. God bless Craig 
uh, charity and pops. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Let's open with a word of prayer. Lord, we bless your name. Once again, we thank you for giving us this opportunity uh, to open up your word. Uh, Lord, we pray that once again that you will be with us as your word goes forth. Uh, Lord, we pray that you will give us clarity of mind and heart and spirit even as your word goes forth. Lord, we pray that you will teach us, Lord Jesus, your word. Uh, Lord, no matter the familiarity that we think we have with your word, Lord, there is always uh, new uh, depths that we can plumb uh, when we open up your word. So, Lord, have your way. Bless us together right now. Draw those who need to hear these words even now or on the re replay. Uh, draw them to this place on the World Wide Web. Lord, we ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, hallelujah. We bless the name of the Lord. Uh, today, we're going to be coming from the book of Luke, as we will be coming from uh, the book of Luke here on Sunday mornings here in the month of July. Uh, the book of Luke. And let's go to chapter number 15. Luke chapter number 15. And it's the familiar story. I've been talking about familiarity this morning. It's the familiar. It's the familiar story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son. We 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 know it. We can recite it. Uh, but there are yet some things about uh, these words that we hear uh, from Jesus uh, that should help us to even appreciate who we are in Him, and most of all, who He is even more. Because you see, this particular this particular parable, uh, it's not so much, and I know you probably know this, but this parable is not so much about the son. We call it the prodigal son, the wasteful son. That's what he was. That's what he did. That's what he chose. But, but this parable is not really about the son and all he did. This parable, in all of its truth, is about the father. It's about the father and his love that he had. And this parable will teach us some things about God's love that we need to know. Let's read from chapter number 15 of Luke, and let's start in verse number 11. A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all, gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose. And came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off. His father saw him. And had compassion. And ran and fell on his neck. And kissed him. And the son said unto him. Father. I have sinned against heaven. And in thy sight. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants. 
Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this. My son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Amen. And so we see here, we see this culmination of events, how this son somehow wanted to be out from under his father. You know, rebellion and disrespect are terrible things, but when rebellion and disrespect are directed toward God himself, that makes the rebellion and disrespect even worse. Amen? And this, once again, this father is a picture of God the Father. That's what, once again, that's what Jesus was trying to bring across, not trying to. This is what he was bringing across, the love of the Father. But we have to, even though it's about the, the Father, we have to look at the Son. We have to take a close look at this Son. And what was it that drove this Son to this point where he wanted to be, as I said, out from under uh, the protection, out from under uh, the love of his Father? What would cause him to do that? Well, there are many things. When we look at our own lives, when we look at our own lives, there are many things out here in this world uh, that we will see uh, that will begin to draw us, that will begin to pull us if we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, if we don't keep our focus and the, and the center of who we are on Christ and who he is and what he has done. There is always, and I must say this, there is always that potential that we can be pulled, that we can be drawn into all that the world offers, all that the world tries to deceive us about. We can be pulled into it if we don't keep a careful eye on our Lord. Amen. All this, this can happen. Uh, we see uh, in scripture, we see uh, how we see Demas Twice we see Demas was a fellow servant with uh, with uh, the Apostle Paul. And finally we see in 2 Timothy uh, where Paul uh, makes the sad statement and says that Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. And there it is. And there it is. When we get to a point, whatever happened with Demas, it did not happen overnight. There was a culmination. Uh, there was a process that took place in his heart and in his spirit uh, that drew him away from the things of God. And we don't know whatever became of Demas, and that's that's between himself and God. But we know that he was drawn away uh, from the from the ministry, drawn away from the work of God uh, because of his love for the world, and no doubt, no doubt, this son had an abnormal uh, preoccupation with those things that were going on outside of his father's house. And he was drawn to them. And he makes this bold statement, give me what is mine. <laughs> now, the, the, it was, the, the fact was that the son, the father, when the father passed on, passed on that the, 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 the inheritance would be given to the sons. But this son, once again, this is disrespect. I don't want to wait until you are dead, father. Give me what is mine now. 
And some would say, some would say that what the father did uh, was a foolish thing. Some would say that it was a terrible thing that he just turns around and gives his son what he wants. Listen, listen, after you've said all, after you've done all, sometimes all you can do is just comply. And the father, because he loved his son, and the son had every right, every right, understand what I'm saying here, he had every right to voice his own opinion, and he desired to go in another direction. What do you do? What do you do when loved ones or people that you know choose to go in another direction? Children sometimes grow up in a family, and in spite of what they know, in spite of what they've been taught, sometimes children go in an opposite direction, a direction that you would not expect, a direction that is not healthy, a direction that is not good, but yet and still, they go in that direction. What do you do? Let me tell you what. It's a terrible thing. It is a terrible thing for a parent to sit or to stand and, and, and watch as their own child goes off in a wrong direction. And you want to run and you want to reach out and say, no, 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 no. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Don't go over there. No, 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 no. Don't. But when someone's mind is made up and they are inclined to do what they want to do, there are no words that will stop them. In such cases, you allow that individual to have their way. Seeking for freedom, they will soon find that they are in bondage. That's what usually happens. It may take time. It may take time. We don't know how much time uh, this, uh, this young man, we don't know how much time it took for him to hit bottom. But when bottom comes, he knew that he could go to his father. It says here in verse number 13, Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together. It took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. We're giving a clue as to what it means to live riotously, what that word entails uh, when we go down. We didn't read this, but when you go down uh, to verse uh, to verse number, let me see, verse number 30. Verse number 30. The son, the, the, the other son was angry. The other son was jealous. We, we won't get into this part of the story uh, too much. But the other son was angry and jealous that this, this big to-do, this big celebration uh, was to be had uh, for his brother who had run away. Uh, but we read here in verse number 30, But as soon as this thy son, this is the other son speaking to the father, which had devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. So this riotous living that this young man was involved in had all to do with that money. And he used that money to live in a very, very wayward type of way. It was wasted on wine, women, and song. To put it bluntly, he wasted it. And notice what he says. 
my brother, your son has wasted your living, your inheritance, the, the, the money that you saved up for your life for us. He has taken your money and wasted it. And he comes home and you throw a party for him. He didn't, he didn't appreciate it at all. But here we go back to verse number uh, 14. Here it is. And when he had spent all, spent all, wasted it all. That's where we get the phrase prodigal. The prodigal means to waste. When he had wasted it all, there arose a, a, a mighty famine in that, that land. And he began to be in want. He had been living loosely. He had been living high on the hog. He had been living extravagantly. But now there's a famine in the land. And what do you do? What do you, what do, you do? When all you had are gone. Listen, when you have it, everybody knows it. And when you have it, people will flood to you. When you have it. And he went and joined himself. After he had wasted it all, he went, he goes and he joins himself to a citizen of that country. And sent him, he sent him to a Gentile. And sent him, this man sent him. Notice, he sent him. Now he is under the authority of someone else. He was under the authority and the protection and the love of his father in his house. And now, and now, someone sends him into the fields to feed swine. Now he is under the authority of someone else. A taskmaster, a taskmaster in some sense. And he sends him into his fields to feed pigs. Pigs, which was beneath him. Something that he should not have been doing. And he would have feigned, in other words, he, he would have desired uh, to have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. He was so hungry. He was so down. That he wanted to, he, he would have appreciated it if he would have even eaten what the pigs were eating. It says, and no man gave unto him. He, listen, he had nothing. He had everything that he would want under his father's roof. But because of greed, but because of lust after evil things. But because of worldliness, but because of rebellion, all of these things tied into one, because of that, he didn't have anything now. What do you think maybe is going through his head? I can't go home now. My father, he's disowned me. Listen, I've been here. I've been here. I, I, I've been here, not in all of the all of the intricacies of what this young man was doing. But I've been in my life in, in many, many, many moons ago, many, many years ago. I, I've been, I, I was that prodigal guy. I was that guy. This, 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 was, this was my story. And I could tell you some of the things that entered my mind uh, during that time, during that season of my life, many, many years ago, that during that season the things that would enter my mind, the things that I thought up on my own, the things that the enemy probably put in my mind, the things that I was thinking, you know, I can't, I, I, I can't go back. I can't, I can't go back to church. And, but listen, I was already in church. 
Hey, that's 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 the that's the bad thing. When I was in my when I was in that season in my life, those many many years ago, I kept I have to keep saying many many years ago so everybody understand that this was long time ago. Okay, uh, that I remained yet inside of the church, still in the church building, still doing ministry, still teaching Sunday school, if you will, still in the choir, if you will, but living in a bad way. Just, just not, just not living up to what a Christian ought to be. I was a backslider right in the church building. Terrible, terrible way to live. Terrible, terrible way to live. And the things that would enter my mind, no, you can't go back. You know, they'll never, you, you, going back, I was already there, but you you can't get yourself straight. You can't even go to the altar to pray. People, You're, you're Michael. You're the Sunday school teacher. You're the choir member. You can't get down on your knees and pray and ask God. You, you, you can't do that. All these things that the enemy would place in uh, my own mind and try to uh, slip into my heart. They were all swirling around. This, What must this young man have been thinking when he's in this place and he's doing these things that he knows and he can remember how it used to be. He can remember uh, his father's house. He can remember his father's demeanor. Uh, he, here's what it says, once again, going down to uh, where we didn't read yet. In verse number 31, uh, And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. That gives you insight on the father. While this young man was in his father's house, house all that he had was his. All that the father had was his. And that's where we are. Why would any one of us desire to walk away from it all? Why would any one of us desire just to, to leave the presence of God? I Listen, I don't know. I don't know. I know in my own case, that's the only case I can speak to. I know in my own case, it was a case of... Whatever happened to Demas is what happened to me. Having loved this present world. That's it. I, I don't know how else to describe it. it. It's a slow process. But it's not a process that you are oblivious to. While it's happening, you know that it's happening. While you're being drawn away, you know that you're being drawn away. And yet you try to fight it and you try to do all you can. But you still find yourself slipping and sliding and drifting off and away until you realize that God is here and you are way over here and how did you get over here and then the enemy starts trying to fill in the spaces you can't get back look at where you are God doesn't care God doesn't love you God God doesn't no you can't you can't you can't and you begin to believe the lie be careful when you begin to believe the lies that the devil speaks that's a, that's a bad place to be when you believe it. Because what Satan does, Satan takes the truth of your life. He's a liar. But he takes what is true about your life. And he twists it. And he puts his spin on it. Well, you did do that, right? You have to say yes. He's not lying. 
But then he begins to twist it and swirl it and turn it in such a way that you find yourself going, yeah, but no, but no. See, this young man, this young man, when he finds himself desiring to eat from the pigs, something happens. Something that I've seen on on television, something I've seen in movies, there, there, there's a line that always comes uh, in all in, in some of these more sentimental types types of TV shows uh, when there's a child, a wayward child, or something like that, or someone who leaves home. Uh, you always hear the line from the parents: "You can always come home. You can always come home." And this this son in spite of everything that may have been going through his mind, in spite of all that he had put himself through, in spite of all his disrespect and rebellion and dishonor that he showed to his father, he knew his father. He knew that he could go home. The Bible says here that he came to himself. He came to himself. He had, <laughs> he had a V8 moment, spiritually speaking. He had a V8 moment. He said, what is going on here? Why am, why, what? He looks around and he realizes, what, what's happening? Is this really me? Is this really me? Am I sitting here in this pigsty feeding pigs wanting to eat what they have? What's happening? What's happening? And it awakens him when he sees where he is. It jars him. It jars him. And the misery that he was in caused him to remember his father. You see, he hit bottom. And bottom, listen, bottom is different for every single person. Your bottom might not be my bottom. And my bottom might not be the other person's bottom. Sometimes you can wonder, how far can they go? How far down can they go? How far away can they get? They haven't reached bottom yet. That's it. They haven't reached bottom yet. There's still this sort of pseudo peace, this pseudo quasi satisfaction that they try to bring into their lives. I, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm in a. I'm in a good place. I feel good. I'm. I'm, I'm happy. I'm in the best place that I've been in years. And, and they will put that spin on it, not realizing that it is deception. It is deception of the highest order to believe. Uh, to, it is deception of the highest order uh, to turn down that which you need the most. And that's where, that's where uh, this young man had gotten. But now, the total misery that he was in caused him to step back. And get the wide view. I am sitting in a pigsty. And I haven't listened. I spent a little bit of time in, in the South. I spent a little bit of time, well, quite a bit of uh, uh, time in the South growing up uh, in North Carolina. I didn't grow up in North Carolina, but I, a, lot of, a lot of visits down there. And I would feed. <laughs> I remember feeding the pigs. Listen. I don't, listen, pigs, they are God's creation. But I tell you what, pigs, they're, they're very nasty. 
They're very nasty. And they just, they, 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 they lap up that environment. That dirty, nasty, we would feed them whatever was left over. Whatever, we just mix it all in together and pour it in there and they would just lap it up. Listen, they are nasty. That's, that's, that's who they are. That's what they are. And here this young man is feeding pigs. And he and he he says, No, no, this is this is not right. I will arise, he says. I'm getting up and I'm going to daddy. I'm going to daddy. I will go to my father, and I'm gonna say, Father, I have sinned. You see, now, once again, you gotta be careful here. It's very easy. It's very easy to, to think these words. It's very easy to, 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 to say these words. But once again, you must put feet to the words and put action to the words. You've heard this, the phrase, action speaks louder than words. What he's, what he's doing right now, he's talking a good game. And only God knows his heart. He says, I'm going to arise. He's, I'm going to go. I'm going to tell my father, I have sinned. I'm going to tell him. I'm no more worthy to be your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. I'm going to go and I'm going to do all of that. It's talk. It's talk. Okay? Until he arises. In verse number 20, he gets up. He gets up and he goes. He's making steps. You see, many people, they make the move. They make the move to go to God. And instead of going to God, here's what happens. They go to church. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with church. Understand where I'm going here. Nothing wrong with church. Nothing, nothing. 100% nothing. But before they go to the Father, before they make it right, before they repent, they just go back to church. And they miss that repentance, and it, that repentance winds up to be only remorse. I feel bad about what I did. I feel bad about what happened. I need to go back to church. Stop! 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 You 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 just you you missed you missed something. You didn't repent. You didn't repent. That's what needs to happen. And so many get caught up in that type of life. God does something wonderful in their life. And they acknowledge what God has done in their life. Rightfully so. And based on what God has done for them in their life, they, 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 they give their life to God. Through works. Through their presence in God's house. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start... But they never repented. All they did was say, God, thank you for saving me. God, thank you for providing for me. God, thank you for what you did. But when did you give your heart to the Lord? When did that take place? And that is where many people are. But this young man, this young man, he rises up and he goes to the Father. He knew that he could go to his Father. But when he gets to his Father, he finds out several things about his father that maybe he did not know. His father was waiting, number one. His father was waiting for him. 
His father was expecting him. His father, you could see his his father is standing, uh, so to speak, on the porch, looking out, waiting for him, his son to come. He's expecting him. His father knew what would happen. His father knew. He did not know this father here. This father did not know how long it would take, but he knew that it would all dry up at some time. And he knew that his son would come back to where he knew he belonged. He knew that would happen. He was waiting. He was expecting. He found that his father was looking. We read here that when he was yet a great way off, a, that, that is very telling. When he was a great way off, I can see a house. I can see a porch. I can see a road. I can see the father standing there at the door. Looking, looking down the road, afar off, he was still far away. His father saw him because he was looking for him. He had been waiting for him all that time. That's what God does. That's what God does. You see, that is the love that he has for us. That's the love that he has for us. It says in uh, Romans uh it says in uh, ver- uh, rather First John uh, 4.10, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Great love. Here's the Father standing there. Searching, looking, waiting, expecting, and here comes his son. His son. He was still his son. He was still his son. And and there he is. In spite of all that he had done. In spite of the disrespect and the dishonor. In spite of the rebellion. In spite of all that he did. In spite of going against everything that he knew to be right. Because he needed to find out some things for himself. Who knows what was going through this young man's mind. I need to get out there on my own. I need to see for myself all these things I've been missing in my life. I need to go. But the father. But the father. It says when his father, a great way off, his father saw him. And what does it say here? Had compassion. The father had compassion. He didn't look at his son and see his son and say, you know what? That boy is not getting back in his house. Uh-uh. That boy did me wrong. I'm not, no, no, no way, no way. Listen, listen, I'm going back inside. I'm shutting the door. He's not getting in this house. I'm bolting the door. That's not what he did. He had compassion. He had compassion. Amen. And that is so powerful. And ran and fell on him. He runs to him. The father, when you think about God, and let me talk, let me talk to this from a backslider point of view. Someone who is in Christ and walks away from the things of God for a season uh, in their life. One of the things that I can recall, one of the things that I can recall as I gave 
or rededicated my heart back to God those years ago. I can remember praying. And as I prayed one particular night, I remember seeing just darkness. This was this was my this was my moment. This was my wretched man moment. This was the moment where I realized just how far I had gotten and when I realized just in what state I was in. And I prayed and I saw with my eyes closed, understand what I mean by this, but I had my eyes closed, shut tight, and I was praying. And of course, when you close your eyes, you see nothing. But I closed my eyes and what I saw was just darkness. It, it wasn't regular darkness. My eyes were shut. There was light where I was, but I just saw myself spiritually. And I just prayed. I said, God, it's so dark. I said, God, it's so dark. It's so dark. And I asked the Lord to take me back. I asked the Lord to restore me. I asked the Lord to forgive me. And he graciously, graciously brought me back. Spiritually speaking, when I put my head down and said, Lord, it's dark. Lord, forgive me. And Lord, bring me back. The father ran to me. He didn't say, no, you didn't, you didn't say forgive me enough. No, nope, you need to do this, 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 and this. If you want me to think that you're telling me the truth now after all you've done, you need to, no, 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 no stipulations. There were no stipulations. I cried out to him. He saw my heart. And he ran to me. The forgiveness. The cleansing that I felt. That I had. That I received. Was overwhelming. I knew. I knew at that moment. That I was free. Oh, the enemy still, the enemy still was going to harangue me. The enemy still tried to tell me that people and God would not receive me and would not accept me anymore. You know, and, and I remember that first Sunday, I did stop coming to church for a couple of weeks because I just, I was so, I felt so terrible. It was the, it was the backlash of everything and the enemy was still trying to pound on me. And I remember going to church that first Sunday after I had been gone for a little space of time and I sat in the back. Just sat in the back. Service was over and I felt like eyes, lights. I felt like everybody was just watching me. See, the enemy had all of these things. Everybody's looking at you. You need to go, you need to go. Yeah. And every, people were coming up to me, and nobody had said anything, but, but people were coming up to me and said, praise the Lord, God bless you. They probably knew that I was had gotten myself in a mess, and, and I had, you know, reformed, and whatever word they put for it, I, I, I knew I was new again. But they were shaking my hand, and God bless you, God bless you. One sister, who's no longer with us, one sister came up to me, and she put her hand on my shoulder. I don't know why it was different. Everybody else shook my hand and, and, and said whatever they said. And it was it and thank God for all those people. But it was like the woman, it was like the woman with the issue of blood. Blood. 
how all those people were around Jesus, all those people all around him. And one woman comes and touches him. He says, oh, who touched me? Who touched me? And they say, Jesus, listen, you're in a press. Everybody's touching you. And you're asking, who touched you? Everybody was shaking my hand. Everybody. But this one woman, she comes and she puts her hand on my shoulder. And she said, simple words. She didn't break any new ground. She just said, Michael, it's going to be all right. It wasn't even a scripture. She said, it's going to be all right. And there was something about those words that put a light in me, that woke me up. It was something about those words that that it just reinforced. I am free. God has forgiven me. I can keep going. I am going to continue. Doesn't matter what people say. Doesn't matter what the devil uh, tries to tell me. She told me it's going to be all right. And on the strength of those words, of course, scripture, no doubt, scripture. But on the strength of those words, I was so encouraged, so encouraged to keep going and not to give up. And that's what happens here to this son. This son here, he rises, he goes to his father, and his father runs to him and kisses him and puts his arm around his neck, showing him the love that he has for him. Listen, when we read, let me read this before we close here today. Now I'm, I'm going to read from a Romans, familiar a passage in Romans chapter number 8, uh, in verse number 35. And this is talking about, once again, these verses are talking about God's love for us. They are not talking about nothing can separate us from his love and the fact that nothing can stop me from loving him. That's not what these verses are talking about. These verses are talking about the fact that nothing that happens to me can stop him from loving me. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who? Shall tribulation? That's trouble. Or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. All those terrible situations. God will not stop loving me. I may look and say, listen, this is too much. The trouble, the test, the tribulation. God does not stop loving me. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I am a conqueror. Okay? I am a conqueror. For I am persuaded. I am convinced that neither death, death can't stop him from loving me. Life, angels, principalities nor powers. That's talking about the power of the devil. When it tries, when the power of the devil tries to overtake me and overwhelm me and tries to get me to believe what's not true. Principalities and powers, nor things present, what is, whatever's going on right now, nor things to come, no matter what is going to happen, that only he knows. Nor height, nor depth, 
nor any other creature or creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that can rip his love for us away from us. Not a thing. Not a thing. There's an old song. <coughs> There's an old song that we used to sing. If that isn't love. If that isn't love. It says, he left the splendor of heaven. No, I'm not going to sing it. He left the splendor of heaven. Knowing his destiny. He was on the lonely hill of Golgotha. There to lay down his life for me. If that isn't love. Then the ocean is dry. There's no stars in the sky. And the sparrows can't fly. If that isn't love, then heaven is a myth. And there's no feeling like this. If that isn't love. He loves you and I more than we know. More than we realize. More than we can really understand. He wants to do for us more than we want done. He loves us so much. All that this young man did was not enough to make this father turn his back on him. That is powerful. That is so powerful. John, 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 19. Simply, we love him because he first loved us. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, while I'm out there, while I'm out there rebelling, disrespecting and doing my thing, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Come on now. His love for us knows no bounds. It knows no bounds. He does not give up on us. He does not stop loving us. We may stop loving us. That is for true. That is for that is for real. We may stop loving us ourselves, but he never stops loving us. Never. Oh, how he loves. Oh, the song says, oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundaries known unto men. But out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth. And he giveth, and he giveth again. Love. Love. And we can do nothing less than to love him back. I love him. I love him because he first loved me. And he purchased my salvation on Calvary's tree. He loves me. He loves me. Do you know just how much 
He loves you and cares for you. This story, we focus so much on this son and we need to we need to remember and recall the things that the son did. But this father, this father, waiting, expecting, looking, loving, receiving, forgiving, and then rejoicing. That's love. That's love. See, rebellion is a type of death. And that's what a son was. That's why the father says twice, my son was dead and now he is alive. He was lost, but now he is found. This father ran to his son. Ah. He runs to us. He loves us so much that he runs to us to receive us back into his presence. That we, he doesn't push us out. He doesn't push us away. Him that come up to him, uh, he that comes to him, scripture says he will in no wise, he will in no way cast him out. He doesn't cast us out. What this young man did was come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in that time of need. That's what he did. If you find yourself today. Somehow on the outside looking in. It can happen. It can happen to the child of God. We can find ourselves on the outside looking in. You ever seen a little child. With their nose up against the window. Window pane looking in the store. You know just just, just looking. And just looking at all the things. That they, that they can't have. All the things that they want. If you find yourself on the outside looking in, all you have to do is answer the knock. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, and 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 come, he says, I will come into him and sup with him, and he with me. He will come and dine. He will have fellowship with you. But you have to respond. He's looking. He's waiting. He's expecting. And he will run to you when you go to him. Lord, we bless your name. We thank you, Lord, for your word once again. Lord, what will we do without your word? Lord, we just honor you and bless you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we know that there are many, Lord Jesus, who maybe have strayed from you, have drifted away from you. And the reasons that this happens, Lord, are too many to... Too many to mention here, but it happens. And sometimes your people or your children find themselves on the outside looking in. Lord, Lord, you still love. Lord, you're calling. Lord, it's your desire that your people come back to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, your hand is outstretched. Lord, your arms are open wide. Lord, your arms of love are open wide. Lord, bring your children home. Lord, have your way in every heart and every life. Lord, we need you now more than ever. Lord, we honor you. We bless you. We thank you for all that you have done. And we thank you for loving us. We bless you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good.
God is good. God is on the throne. God is on the throne. Amen. We just honor him and we bless him for who he is. Amen. We bless him for who he is. God bless you, Craig and, and France. And, and God bless you, Tracy T. Uh, and God bless you, uh, Debbie. Uh, God bless you all. Um, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to uh, join us tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow night we'll be back here uh, with our Bible study in the book of Matthew, uh, the line by line podcast. Uh, we are we are in uh, we are in the book of Matthew, and we will be in uh, chapter number seven, uh, chapter number seven, and that is uh, tomorrow night. Uh, also on Tuesday night. Uh, on Tuesday night, we're continuing our series entitled The Remnant. The Remnant, a biblical overview of God's end time people. Amen. We're looking forward to another powerful time in the word of God. Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And also on Wednesday night, we're continuing our look at the glorious church. Amen. We pray that you'll be able to join us uh, as we get together on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Amen. Also... Our new book entitled Churchified or Sanctified uh, will be available on Amazon on August 5th. Amen. Um, we pray that um, that you continue to pray for us as we continue to forge through and forge ahead. Uh, and uh, we pray that the book will be a blessing uh, to you if you choose to uh, get your copy. We pray that it will be a blessing to your life. It will be, it will be available, as we said, on August the 5th. Uh, churchified or sanctified, exploring the dangers of religion and the glory of relationship. Amen. So be on the lookout for that. We'll continue uh, talking about it uh, even on the on the day that it happens. I believe August 5th is on a Thursday. Uh, so once again, pray with us as we make this happen. Amen. So we just bless the Lord and we honor him for what he is doing. Listen, we can do nothing without the Lord. Uh, and we know that we know that all that we do here, whatever it is that we do here, we know uh, that it is by God's grace. Amen. So we just honor him and we bless him. And I thank each and every one of you. Uh, I thank you for your support uh, in every way that I can that I can imagine. I thank you for your support. I thank you for your prayers uh, and your support. Otherwise, I just thank you for all uh, all that uh, all of you have done. Amen. We just honor him and bless him and thank him for all that he is doing. Amen. So I pray that you've been blessed this morning. Um, we're looking forward to continuing on in the Lord and we hopefully we'll see you back here tomorrow night at 7 p.m. with the Line by Line podcast. Matthew chapter number seven, getting into some very, very deep ground here in Matthew. So we pray that you will join us tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Until then, we'll see you next time. Have a great day. God bless you.